How are we doing today? Good, good. My name is Ken. I'm the pastor here at Grace Church. I want to welcome those who are watching us on Facebook Live. Glad you're here. Please check in with your uh, uh, host and a uh, shout out. Give them some love. Really glad that you're here today. I want to say happy Mother's Day to those who are mothers. And uh, we do have those muffins out in the, the cafe area. My idea got shot down. I, I wanted to do mimosas and moms. And they said no. I think this service would have been a lot more fun if we'd done that. Um, but please check that out. We're really glad that, that you're here. We're starting a series called The Holy Spirit. And, and, and we got this series from a church called Life Church in Oklahoma City. And, and one of the reasons why we want to do this series on the Holy Spirit is uh, on our checking cards, we ask you to give us uh, some feedback on things that you want to learn more about. And, and the Holy Spirit just kept coming up and coming up. And so we thought, you know what, let's just, let's just do a series on the Holy Spirit. Because the truth be told, there's a lot about the Holy Spirit we don't know. Um, growing up, I uh, grew up in a church where... Uh, I don't know that they talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is mentioned over 800 times in the Scriptures. So that's a lot of information about the third person of the Trinity, which is maybe a word that you've heard before if you've been in church, which is just a description of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And maybe that's the only thing that you have ever heard about the Holy Spirit, is that He's, he's God, um, and God's Spirit, and, and that's about all that you know. And that, that is true. There's a lot of people that they just don't know what the Holy Spirit does, who He is, uh, what role He plays in our life. And um, Jesus actually said, as He's getting ready to leave this earth, He's talking to His disciples. He says, I'm going to go away, but it's important that I go away because the Holy Spirit's going to come. Now, I can imagine being a disciple going, no, no, um, not that I'm questioning you, Son of God, uh, but I think it would be better if you stayed here. You with us is better than you not being with us. I mean, what if we go to a party and we run out of wine? We need you, right? If, if we go to a concert and they run out of food, all you need is a couple of fish and some bread, you know? Uh, I've never raised anybody from the dead. You have. Uh, we, we've not made people walk and blind see and, and deaf hear. Jesus with me is, is good. Jesus not with me, bad. And Jesus is like, no, no, no. Several times in, in the last week, he's like, it's better that I go away. And I just think they didn't understand the role that the Holy Spirit plays in our life. And I think a lot of people who are followers of Jesus, we have a difficult time understanding. It's just a concept or, uh, or, or a resource that we're not familiar with. So I found a video that I think perfectly illustrates our understanding of the Holy Spirit. Please watch. It said, yeah. yeah. You say, yeah. Yeah, it's her. Oh, my God. Is a woman? Yeah. I'm glad to meet what you. What is this thing? <laughs> Hello, Goo-Goo. Hey, you're okay. That's something from Google. the outfits. You have to say, hey, Google, He's or okay. Hey, Goo-Goo. Okay, Goo-Goo. What's the there weather? Yeah. What's what? the weather, ask? What the weather? You want to know what is the weather? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. In Flagler Beach tomorrow, there will be showers with a high of 65 and a low of 56. We just... Watch it, yeah. man. I'm scared. I'm scared. It's a mystery. Oh, my gosh. No. Ask, ask Google to play an Italian song. Cuckoo! Hi, <laughs> hey, Cuckoo! You have to say hey or okay. Hey, okay. Hey, okay. 
<laughs> Does that not describe sometimes our relationship with the Holy Spirit? Now, that device is pretty amazing. How many of you have that Google device in your house? Okay. I, I don't have one, but I, finding the video, I, I, did, I, I Googled what Google Home is. And that thing's pretty incredible. It'll, it'll do calculations. It'll do translations. It'll give you definitions. I was like, I would have been a straight-A student if that was around when I was in high school. That thing would have done all my homework. But it's pretty amazing. But she didn't know how it worked. Hey, Google. You know, she's tapping it. He's like, no, you don't have to tap it. You know, just say hello. Hey, hello. And I really feel like a lot of times that's how our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we just don't know how it works. How, what does he do in my life? How do I know that he's here? Uh, as a matter of fact, Jesus was saying that without the Holy Spirit, you can't live a life that's pleasing to God. As a follower of Jesus, you can't live the Christian life without having the Holy Spirit a part of your life. Look what he says in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. Jesus, again, this is the last week that Jesus is with his disciples, and, and he tells them ab about the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witness telling people everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is telling his disciples, you need to wait for the Holy Spirit, because when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to empower you to live and be a testimony and a witness. Now, this word Holy Spirit here is pneuma. It's a Greek word, and the Holy Spirit has a couple of different uh, Greek words. But this one is pneuma, which means blast of breath. It means power. Now, when you read Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit actually comes on those people at the day of Pentecost, it says that it came on as a rushing wind, a mighty power. One of the ways that you can uh, maybe uh, understand it, it'd be like, Looking at a tornado. Have you ever been in a tornado? I lived in the Midwest for a while, grew up in Chicago, and so I know what tornadoes look like. Uh, we had one hit like a mile from my house. It's scary, the power in that wind. And this is the idea behind the Holy Spirit is that he is powerful. And he has the ability to help us. He, he gives us spiritual gifts. Maybe you didn't know that. He gives us spiritual gifts so that we can live out the Christian life. There are fruits, there are characteristics that he develops in our life. Um, I don't know if it was last summer or this past fall where we did a series called Fruitology where we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the long-suffering, the self-control, the things that we need to live out the Christian life. But I feel like there's a lot of times that we just we don't know. If you grew up in church like I did, a lot of times our experiences could be very different. On one side, you have churches that under emphasize the Holy Spirit. And on the other side of the pendulum swing, there are churches that overemphasize the Holy Spirit. Well, I grew up in a church that underemphasized it. Now, I have to admit, I did sleep a lot in church when I was a kid, so maybe they talked about him and I just, I didn't hear about it. But there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of talk. I mean, I knew that he was part of the Godhead. I, I knew that he, he did a couple of things, but I would be hard-pressed to come up with 10 things that the Holy Spirit does in a believer's life. And maybe you're the same way. And so uh, my church was an old traditional church. We sang from hymns and you were song led, you know. It, just, it was just traditional. You never raised your hand in worship. They would stop worship and go, you got a question? What? You got a question? You raised your hand. They just didn't do that. So my sophomore year, uh, we went to a winter retreat, our student ministry did, and we were at this uh, ski resort, 
that all other churches would go to and they would do their um, winter break as well. And two hot girls invited me to go to their church service. And that works. That's attraction evangelism. That's what that is. And so me and my buddy were like, yeah, you're inviting us to your church service? We'll go. Well, they were on that side of the pendulum. So I walked in, and it's all dark with lights and smoke. And I'm like, we don't have that in my church at all. And, I mean, you could feel the music. It was like bouncing off your chest. I'm like, this is like a concert. They're dancing. There's no dancing in my church. Dancing was against, that was sinful. I was told dancing leads to pregnancy. <laughs> and I know that's a lie because I went to a dance and I didn't get pregnant. So I know that was a lie. But they were dancing and they were raising their hands and they were having a great time. And I thought, this is what church should be like. I mean, this, there's energy here. And I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know anything else. And so I, I thought this was great. And they were yelling and screaming and dancing. I can't dance, so I was just watching. But they, they were all this. And then the pastor came up, and uh, he spoke differently than my pastor. And he would emphasize things. And I'm not knocking it. It's just it was different. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, we all have our style, whatever. And, but, but they were talking back to him. And these are high schoolers. These weren't adults. I mean, I'm like, you, you yell back at your pastor? We don't yell at our pastor. I mean, he'd shout us down. And so they're yelling back. And, I mean, in our church, we'd say amen. If you agree with the pastor, amen, you know, we'd do that. That just meant you agreed. I mean, I thought that was weird, too. It's like, okay, whatever. Why don't you just say I agree? But anyways, so they're yelling back, preach it, come on. I'm like, come on, man. We've been here an hour and a half. Stop talking back to them. I want to hit the slopes. I can't believe you're doing it. But they're all excited, and, and then they started, like, saying things in words that I didn't understand. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound like Spanish. Uh, I don't know a whole lot of other dialects. I need Gugu to hear translate for me. Gugu, what are they saying? Gugu. Um, didn't know. So it was getting a little weird for my experience. And then some people came up on stage, and I thought they were doing, like, a trust fall. You know, they would come up, and they'd fall down, and... I just didn't, I didn't understand. It wasn't my experience. And I, I think if you grew up in church, if you've, if you've been part of a church, you might have experienced churches that they really do emphasize all that. And then you've been in other churches where you're like, Holy Spirit, who, what? Who, who's that? Is he important? I mean, is, is he here? And so what we want to do is we want to talk about the Holy Spirit because I, 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 I think it's sad it saddens me, I'll say. It saddens me that as followers of Jesus, that we go through life no different than people who are not followers of Jesus. Not, not that, that your depression or that your, your situation or your loss or your anxiety or your fear is sinful, it, but it saddens me that we go through it as a believer without the hope or the power or the encouragement that the Holy Spirit gives. That's what saddens me. Because we're all going to go through difficult times. You're not immune to losing your job or losing a loved one or being in an accident or, or, or getting cancer. You're not immune because you're a follower of Jesus. But how you go through that should look a lot different than someone who doesn't know Jesus. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you if you're a believer of Jesus. That same power, 
And so that should cause us to go through things a lot different. There is hope. There is victory over addictions. So why is it that most Christians live this spiritless life? In your life groups, you'll talk about several uh, other ways that, you, that people live because they're just spiritless experiencing that. I, I want to give you three quick ones. If you have your communication card, you can flip it over and write these down. And it's not an exhaustive list. It's just three that we came up with. But the first one is this, that people aren't aware of the Holy Spirit. They're just not aware of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know. God the Father, I get. That's God. We talk about God all the time. And, of course, we know Jesus, the Son of God, the person who died on the cross to pay for our sins. But I, I don't know about the Holy Spirit thing. Sounds weird to me. Sounds mystical. Can't see him. Can't feel him. I mean, I... I I just don't understand it. Paul's talking to a group of believers in Acts chapter 19. And he says this. While, Apostle, while, while Paulus was in Corinth, traveling through the territory regions until he reached uh, Ephesians, Ephesia on the coast, uh, he found some believers. There were several believers there. And he asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Listen to the response. Mm, nah, no, don't, haven't heard of him. Who is that? And I, I believe there are people who have been rescued, turned from their sin, begin following Jesus, and they've just simply not experienced the Holy Spirit in their life. It's like, don't know anything about him. Jesus, I understand. God, I understand. Holy Spirit, I don't understand. I've never experienced that. I don't do a lot of travel, um, but I had an experience this past February as we were going on our, 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 our winter break. I got to ride in first class, fly in first class for the very first time. Now, typically, I'm back with the common folk, okay? Ne never have I ever sat in first class. And it's one of those things where, like, when you, you board, you all, they always board from, from the front of the plane, which I don't understand. I mean, I think it would be, make more sense to, to do it from the back, but that, that's just my opinion, but... And so you board, and everybody's already sitting in first class. And notice they never look at you. Like they think you're going to ask for money, like you're going to panhandle while you're walking to the back. Can I have some money, please? And so they don't make eye contact, but you're looking at these like plush chairs. You're like, oh, those are leather. Are those heated? And they won't talk to you. I mean, they're, they're obviously rich people, and they're just like laying out. The seats are just wide, and... And so you just go back and you sit with the common folk and then they close the curtain. And so you're like, can't even see? I mean, there's only like three people in first class and they got a bathroom and there's like 100 people back here and we've got one bathroom. Can we? No, can't, can't, no, no. And so they close the curtain and you can smell their food. You're like, man, that's good. I just got pretzels. <laughs> so I get to sit in first class. Never happened before. I'm like, whoa. Look at this chair. And I didn't do like most first-class people. I'm like, heat seats. It's awesome. Sorry. You know, I wasn't making fun of them, but I was just like, I was so excited. I could lay down. Um, they would bring you hot towels. I mean, it, it was amazing. My wife was like, um, like a mile away, and she was over there. It was, it was just crazy. And so uh, my daughter was sitting next to me, and she's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, oh, no. 
no, 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 no. Because I know back there, they charge you like 20 bucks for some pretzels and some dried up fruit. That aren't, it's not, I mean, I know raisins are dried up grapes, but when they give them to you, they weren't, they weren't supposed to be dried up. They were just old. And it's like 20 bucks for this. I'm like, I'm not paying. I can only imagine what first class food costs. I said, do not order anything. Uh, this is my youngest daughter, Caitlin. I said, because we don't have money to cover this. this. This is our entire budget for the entire trip. Do not order. And so um, I made the mistake of falling asleep. Yeah. And so I wake up. I look over, and she's got, like, filet mignon, stuffed shells, shrimp. And I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be washing dishes for, I'm going to miss our trip. This is, she's like, dad, 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 dad. It's free. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like 9, 10, 20 bucks for some pretzels where all the salt has fallen off and you got to like drink the salt. And this is all free? I ordered fresh milk and they brought a cow out and they were milking it for me. It's like, have some of that right there. It's awesome in first class. I can't fly anymore. I've been, because I can't fly in first class. I've had this experience now and I'm like, it's changed my life. And I think it's that way with a lot of people. They've never experienced the power and the life-changing transformation of the Holy Spirit. So they just, they have no idea. I think another reason why people live a spiritless life is because they resist the Holy Spirit. It's not that they don't know that He exists. It's just that they resist Him. Holy Spirit will prompt us and say, this is what you need to be doing. And, and I've never heard an audible voice, and some people haven't. That, that's fine. I haven't. But I know when the Holy Spirit is clearly speaking to me. There's no mistake. I know that this is exactly what he wants me to do. It's clear. Whether it's helping somebody, because usually it is sacrificial. It doesn't benefit me at all. And it's something I'm like, ah, that's really inconvenient. Thanks, Holy Spirit. You know? And so I know exactly what he's saying, and I can say no. I can, I can resist him. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen's talking, and he's talking to religious leaders, and he says this, you stubborn people, you are heathen at heart, and you're deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? They were so mad at what Stephen said, they killed him. That's how resistant they were to the Holy Spirit. It's like, you're going to talk to us this way? We'll kill you. And I think there are times in our life where the Holy Spirit is moving us out of our comfort zone to be a blessing to someone else, to help someone else, and we just simply say, no, I'm not going to do that. And therefore, we live a spiritless life because we've resisted him and our heart becomes harder towards him the more you resist him the heart the harder your heart gets i also think a third reason is that people are just too busy to hear the holy spirit it's not that they don't realize that there's the holy spirit out there and he's part of the godhead and and he's the one that does certain things in our life and it's not that they're saying no it's just that their life is so distracted their life is so busy that they actually don't hear or feel the promptings of the Holy Spirit or they don't recognize them. 
there's a song that's out that, that's called the, the Voice of Truth. And it talks about there, there's a voice of truth, and it, it should drown out the voice of fear and the voice of this and the voice of that. And I'm not saying that if you hear those voices that you're weird or need psychological help. I'm just saying that we all have voices in our head. We all have doubts in our head. We all, we all get in our heads sometimes. And those voices are louder than the Holy Spirit's voice in our life. And so we miss out on the blessings of living a spirit-filled life because we're simply distracted by the things of this life and, and we just don't hear the Holy Spirit. So what we want to do in this series called the Holy Spirit is we want to help you understand, give you a biblical understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, what He does, and how He does it in our life. And so today is just the beginning of this first, uh, first series. So what I want to do is I want to simply give you three ways that the Holy Spirit works in the life of a believer. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you've turned from sin to begin following Jesus, God has given you His Spirit to live in you. And there are three simple things that He does in our life to help us live a Spirit-filled life. The first one is this. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, the Holy Ghost, comforts us. He's the one that brings comfort into our lives. He's the one that, that guides us. He, he's the one that directs us. In John chapter 14, this is Jesus talking. And again, he's telling his disciples, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm getting ready to be crucified. But again, it's okay that I go. It's better that I go. Because the Father's going to send the Holy Spirit. And look at what he says in verse number 16 of John chapter 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you an advocate that will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who will lead you into truth. He says the world will not receive him because they're not looking for him, nor does it recognize him. But you'll know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He said this advocate, that word advocate is a different Greek word, and that's parakletos. The first one was pneuma, and this one's parakletos, which means to come alongside of and be with you. So the Holy Spirit comes alongside a believer not to do the work for us, not to do the work in spite of us, but to do the work through us. And this comfort that he gives is not this soothing, oh, my life's falling apart, but it's so wonderful. I question someone who says that. I'm like, you took too many meds or something. Because, I mean, your life is falling apart. It shouldn't be, it's okay. No, it, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to have negative emotions. This comfort that he's talking about is not soothing. It's not superficial. This comfort is more strength. The Holy Spirit comes in power and comes in strength. And what he does in our life is he gives us strength to go through difficulties. See, we want the Holy Spirit to eliminate all distractions. We want the Holy Spirit to eliminate all discomfort and all pain. And that's not his job. You are not immune to difficulties because you're a follower of Jesus. But you have God's Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead going with you through your difficulty. And that makes all the difference. 
when my son was born, he was born with a defect, not mental. Um, it was medical. He, he had an esophagus, which I guess we all do, but his esophagus, the very bottom part, is the sphincter muscle, and it didn't work. And what happens is, is that muscle keeps food down. And his was, it just didn't work. And so he threw up a lot. And the doctor's like, oh, he's just a spitty baby. And my wife's like, no, he's a fire hose, doctor. If you're within 10 feet of this kid, you're in the splash zone. Well, what was happening was, because he's throwing up all the time, that the acid in his stomach was coming up into his esophagus, and it was burning the lining of his esophagus, and he was getting ulcers. And the way that we found that out is he began throwing up, and he began throwing up blood. So we took him to a doctor, and, and they, they, they scoped him, and the, the doctor was like, yeah, your, your one-year-old son has the esophagus of like a 50-year-old truck driver who smokes and eats at McDonald's every day. Uh, we, we need to go in and take a biopsy, make sure this is not cancerous and all that. So they went in, they took a biopsy, and while they were doing that, they went in and they put a balloon, and they, they expanded it so that because it was restricting. What we didn't know and what they didn't know was that they ruptured his esophagus in that procedure. And so we took him home, and we're feeding him his formula and his saliva. All that is going into his chest cavity, not his stomach. And he's one years old, so he can't talk to us. He can't tell us what's wrong with him, but he's in pain. His lung had collapsed. And so my wife, it was a long day, so my wife went out, and she was doing some things, taking care of herself, and I was watching him, and I just could not calm him down. And I'm not a mom, but I knew the cry was not a I'm hungry cry. I need my diaper change cry, because then I'd call her and have her come do that again. <laughs> this was more of a hurt cry, and I put him in a soothing bath, and I did everything that I, I knew to do. And so I called her. I said, I, I think there's really something wrong with Carter. So she came home. We took him to the emergency room, and this nurse was like, oh, he's fine. I'm like, he is pale. I mean, you could physically see there, there was something wrong with him and he couldn't take deep breaths because he only had one lung working and oh he's fine he's fine well about 30 minutes of that mama bear came out and I'm like who is this woman because I mean she was like I want a doctor now I'm like please get her a doctor I'm nervous I'm scared the doctor comes in doesn't touch Carter, just by looking at him, she's like, stat this, and blah, blah. I mean, all that me medical terms, you know. We're like, they take him to a back room. I followed, which I probably shouldn't have done, just in time to see them puncture his torso, and everything that he had eaten all day long gush out on the floor. They strapped him into a helicopter, and they flew him to Children's Hospital. We saw that doctor a year later in a, uh, in, in a store, and I just wanted to go up to her and say, thank you. Uh, you may not remember us, but thank you that you saved my son's life. And she remembered us. She goes, oh, no. She goes, you remember the face of a parent who's this close to losing their child. Now, she didn't tell us that. But during that, we were crying. We were emotional. But there was a sense of strength in that from the Holy Spirit that I can't describe that helped us get through that most difficult point in our life. It wasn't calmness. 
We were still fearful. There was anxiety. There was worry. But there was a strength that did produce some kind of peace that only the Holy Spirit could have done. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about He is our comforter. He gives us the strength to go through the difficulties of our life. And if you have the Holy Spirit living inside you as a follower of Jesus, He will help you get through the difficult times of your life. But you can't resist Him. You can't be so busy that you don't listen to His promptings in your heart. The second thing that the Holy Spirit does is that the Holy Spirit counsels us. Part of His job in interacting in our lives is that He gives us counsel. He gives us guidance. He gives us direction. The Bible says if you lack wisdom, ask God and He'll give it to you. Well, it's the Holy Spirit's job to give it to you. He's the one that has inspired the Word of God. He's the one that opens the Scriptures to our mind so that we can receive the Word of God. That's why some people read and go, I don't get it. I I mean, I, I know I'm reading it. It's in the English. I just don't get it. That's probably a person that doesn't have the Holy Spirit helping them to understand and believe the Scriptures because that's part of what the Holy Spirit does. So he's our counselor. John chapter 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And again, this is the the last week of his life. And he's saying, I'm going away, but no, don't worry. It's good that I go away. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And this is what he says. There's so much more that I want to tell you. So Jesus is is trying to give them as much information as possible because he's getting ready to leave. He says, but there's stuff that you're just not ready to hear. This is an emotional time for you. I understand that. And I'm going to tell you something that's important. You're not going to hear it because of the state that you're in, the confusion that you're in. He goes, but when the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. It's the Holy Spirit's job that will counsel you. It's the Holy Spirit's job that will give you the discernment that you, the discernment that you need for that relationship that you're in. It's the Holy Spirit that will give you the understanding of how to, how to handle your finances in a godly way. It's the Holy Spirit that can give you wisdom in raising your children and how to respond to this difficult circumstance. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I love how Isaiah puts it in Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah is talking to a group of people that are going through difficulties. Uh, We're not going to read verse number 19, but in verse number 19, he says, through your cries, God will hear you. And this is what he says in verse number 21. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you is a voice that will say, this is the way you should go, whether it's to the right or to the left. The Holy Spirit's guidance is that specific. Yes, do that. No, don't do that. Go here. Stop that. Do this. He's very specific. Right, left. Because he doesn't want to leave it up to chance. He speaks to us. He prompts us. He moves us. Because he's our counselor. And the primary way that he counsels us is through the scriptures. The word of God that he himself inspired so that we can read. You ever have it where you're going through a difficult time and then all of a sudden, out of the blue, a verse pops into mind. Ever happened to you? That's the Holy Spirit. 
That's God's spirit working in you, giving you what you need when you need it. Because he's come alongside you to strengthen you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so we need to be reading the word of God and putting it in, into our minds so that he can recall the things that we learn. Jesus told the disciples, he will, he will remind you of the things that I've told you because you're going to forget. Right now you're emotional and you don't hear anything. But he will remind you. Oh, remember when Jesus said that? Yes, I do. Remember when I read that scripture and it said this? Yes. That's how he does it. But he also uses godly counsel. People who are walking with the Lord, who maybe have more experience in walking with the Lord, that know verses that maybe you've not read yet. And through their wise counsel, through the scriptures, they can come alongside you as well, and they can help you through difficult times. But the Bible says that Jesus is truth. He told them, I'm the way, I'm the truth. The word of God is God's truth, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So when you say, well, I, you know, I, I, think, I think the Holy Spirit's having me do this, and you're like, wait a minute, that completely contradicts the Word of God, which is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Why would the Holy Spirit tell you to do that when in His Word He said to do this? And that's why it's so important for us to know the Word of God, so that the Holy Spirit can use that to guide us. And then the third way that the Holy Spirit works in our lives is that the Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit brings conviction in our life. Something that you think, oh, man, I'm going to do this, and you just feel that, no, you shouldn't. And maybe you don't know why. Maybe you don't have a verse that says, thou shalt not. But you just, in your spirit, there's this, this tension, like, but I really want to. Everyone else is. I, I'd love to do this. And there's like, for some reason, you sense that that's not what you should do but you resist the Holy Spirit and you do it anyway. And then immediately you feel this sense of conviction. It's not guilt. Guilt leads to shame. Guilt says this, you are bad. Conviction says you've done something bad, but it leads to confession and repentance. See the difference? So guilt leads to shame, thinking you're a bad person, and we all fall short of God's glory. But conviction leads to repentance and restoration. And that's the difference. Look at John chapter 16. In verse 8, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Again, he says, And when he comes, he being the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness. He's going to show the world this is what God says is his standard of righteousness. And this is what the world is saying is right. And there's going to be conviction about that. And as a follower of Jesus, that should be immediate. The word of God says that if you are a child of God, that he convicts you of your sin. So if you can sin and not be convicted, that should be a concern for you. Either you've so resisted the Holy Spirit that your heart is so hard, which is in and of itself a bad thing, or you don't have the Holy Spirit. And if you do not have God's Spirit, then God does not have you. 
So the Holy Spirit convicts us. Even right now, the Holy Spirit is working in your life. And I don't, I don't know what he's, what he's doing. I mean, that's his job and that's his business. But right now, we're talking about conviction. And maybe, maybe he's brought something to mind. Well, that, that, that's between you and, and God. You say, what should I do with that? Confess it. It is a gift that God convicts you. Because it leads to repentance and restoration with God. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I'm not a religious person at all, but there is something stirring in me. I've never felt it before. I don't know what it is. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you to faith. What do I do with that? Say yes. Say, God, I'm yours. If you would go to such extent to to draw me and and to, to stir in me, because you love me that much, then I'll I'll say yes. Whatever that means, yes. I confess my sin. I'll turn from my sin. I want Jesus. I want his payment. I want to be right with God. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let me ask you this question. Would your life be characterized as spirit-filled? You're led by the Spirit. You're empowered by the Spirit. You obey the Spirit. Or would you say that your life is more characterized by being spiritless? And you go through difficulties and you sense no hope. You don't sense the strength of the Holy Spirit helping you through this. You sin and it doesn't bother you. When the Holy Spirit draws and when the Holy Spirit moves, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is working on you. And we need to open our minds and our hearts to His working in our life. Because just like Jesus said to the disciples, you will do greater things with the Holy Spirit, that promise is still true to us today. With the Holy Spirit, we have the power to live the Christian life and do great things for the kingdom of God, but not apart from the Holy Spirit. Will you bow your heads with me? I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do, and that is to move into your heart and stir you and bring about transformation. I can present a message that might inspire and might inform, but I cannot transform. That is a supernatural work done by the Holy Spirit. And you will either cooperate with Him and receive that, or you will resist that and keep Him at distance. That is your call. God extends His forgiveness He extends his power. He extends extends his grace to you, but he will not force it on you. So today, if you feel God drawing you, you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you, simply say yes. God, I, I want you. I want you to be a part of my life. Forgive me of my sin, which is disobedience and selfishness towards others. Rescue me. From my sin. I will give you my life for the payment of Jesus Christ. That's a great exchange. 
maybe you're here and the Holy Spirit has brought about a conviction about an attitude, an action, a behavior, something you've done, something you've said. What should you do with that? You should confess it. Confession simply, seem, simply means that you are saying the same thing that God says. This is sin. And it needs to be repented of, turned away from. And the Bible says in 1 John, if you will confess your sin, Jesus is faithful and he's just and he will forgive you. That is a great gift. Father God, I am grateful for Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the work that they play in our lives. I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit and how he counsels us, how he guides us, and even his conviction, God, while it is uncomfortable, God, it is necessary for us to continue to be, live a holy life, to be more like Jesus. Without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, God, we, we will be dead in our sins. We will continue to live in our sins because of our sinful nature. But the Holy Spirit moves into our lives. He corrects, he guides, he maneuvers, he prompts, he impresses. God, he won't let us go if we are truly followers of Jesus, and I'm grateful for that. I pray as you work in our lives that we would simply be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our life. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.